Okay, we are on Daf Mem Gimel Amud Aleph, and uh, we have been discussing this din of uh, a person who reclines um, that he can say the bracha for other people, um, because it's considered that if they're all reclining, they're all considered as if they're sharing one meal. Um, and the question is regarding one: Does one need to recline? in order to cause that kaviyut, that structure, um, that cohesiveness uh, for the, to, to consider that one person can say the bracha for others. Um, does that apply to one in general, and as we'll see in the Gemara, and also if the, does one need to go as far as reclining, or can one even sit uh, in a group and say the bracha on behalf of other people. So the Gemara says, uh, top of, close to the top of Mim Gimunam Aleph, it says, echad If they reclined, one recites the blessing for everyone. Amarav, Rav says, The Mishnah taught that only with regard to bread, which uh, alone requires reclining. But when it comes to wine, they don't have to recline. They can uh, be sitting, and that can also be, one can also say the bracha then for everyone else. But Rabbi Yochanan Amar, whereas Rabbi Yochanan argues and says, no, when it comes to cohesiveness, even for one, one needs everybody to be reclining in order to consider it one group. de Amri, though those that say this dispute is, in, is completely different, completely opposite. Amarav, loishanu elapatim hanya it's only by bread where one uh, where reclining is effective to make a group cohesively be together, and that bread generally means that you have to be reclining. But when it comes to one, uh, leaning uh, doesn't help. Um, uh, doesn't help at all. Um, meaning because. When you have a meal, or when you when you drink wine together, there's there's not enough of a kfiot, of a cohesiveness and a and a, a a structured sitting in order that one person can say the bracha for others at all. Whereas when it comes to bread, um, bread you sit down to have a meal, then there is enough cohesiveness and you would say a bracha on behalf of other people. But Rabbi Yochanan Amar, Rabbi Yochanan says, "Afilu nami even whereas Rabbi Yochanan argues and says, no, one, for, when it comes to one, reclining is effective. So we see an opposite machloket. One says that uh, reclining, one does not have to recline for one, whereas the other one says uh, you do have to recline. And the other machloket is where you even reclining doesn't help for one, whereas Rabbi Yochanan would say it is effective for one. Amaitivei, they bring a, a kasha on this whole concept of uh, fulfilling the bracha for others, um, um, for one. So we say, Meitivei, Keitzad Seder Asiba. How does, what's the procedure uh, for fixed meals uh, which are eating, um, uh, which are eating um, uh, in a reclining position? Orchin, so what, what, what's the procedure, right, when you go into a meal um, um, and you have a, and you're going to sit around, uh, how's it, Hanan? And you, uh, you're going to sit around and you're going to have a meal together. So the guests enter 
and they sit on benches and on chairs, um, but they kind of enter like into an antechamber, like an entrance hall, uh, almost like the bar area if you, before you go and sit down to have your meal somewhere. Until all of them arrive, uh, and then you enter into the main room to have your meal. Now, while you are waiting for everybody to arrive, uh, they should bring water before the people who are sitting there um, to wash their hands. Uh, but when it comes to drinking, you only need one hand to drink. So, because you only need one hand to drink, therefore, you don't need, uh, you only need to wash one hand from the impurity that are on the, that's on the hand. Um, so, you wash one hand. And then wine was brought before them. And because they're all waiting around and they're not all in one grouping, sitting and drinking wine together, but it's quite informal, then each one says a brocha of wine for themselves uh, and not one for everybody else on behalf of everybody else. But when they, the guests do arrive, they would enter into the main dining hall and recline. And then water is again brought to them. Even though everybody's washed one hand, you'd have to, they all go again and wash both their hands because now they're going to eat bread. And there, you, since you eat with both hands, you need to uh, purify both hands. Then you go back and wash both hands. Then wine was brought again to them while they're sitting in the main dining hall. And even though each one has already said the brocha on wine on their own before they come into the banquet hall, um, now one recites for everybody um, uh, because now they're inside the main dining hall and they're all sitting and reclining together. Now, there were two questions that we asked, just to remind, just to clarify. So we said that one opinion says that when everybody's reclining together, then one can say the brocha on one on behalf of everyone else. But it, but another opinion said that re, even reclining, which suggests like you're sitting there for a long time in a formal way, even then you can't uh, the brocha. You don't say a brocha on one for other people. So now we're going to bring two questions from this brighter that we've just quoted. According to the first version that Rav said that uh, only with regard to bread does one need to be reclining in order for one person to say the bracha for everyone else. Kasha The first part of the brighter is difficult. Why? Because there... It's, they were all sitting together and wine was brought to all of them and yet they said a brocha on their own. And we said that according to the first, the first version of Rav, you don't need to be reclining in order for your, in order when it comes to wine, for one person to say the brocha for everyone else. So how come uh, that, that's a bit of a problem? So the Gomorrah says, Shani orchim No, that's different when it comes to guests in the outer chamber. Why? Because they are, they basically are going to move into another room. They don't have a sense of kviot, of sense of structure, of uh, of fixedness, and therefore they are never considered a cohesive group in order for one person to say the bracha. But once they get into the room, 
even if they're not reclining and they're just sitting, then it would be fine for one to say a brocha on behalf of everybody when it comes to wine, even though they're not reclining. That's how we answer the first question. But according to the second version that Rav says, Lo shanu elapat so we said that that when it comes to wine, even any type of reclining is not enough. There's never a sense of kfiot when it comes to wine, um, and you, even if you're reclining, that's not enough. And we just said in our bright. Uh, Kasha Seifa, this end of the Seifa is a problem because the end of the, the, the brighter says clearly that once they go into the eating hall, then one says the bracha for everyone else. And that's a clear contradiction to the one version of Rav who says that you, um, that you never can say the bracha on behalf of everybody when it comes to one. So the Gemara answers, Shani Hatim, no, it's different there. Demigo de Kamahanyale, that since um, that Hasiba. Uh, lepat, uh, that since they were going to eat bread in the main banquet hall, and since um, reclining creates a structured meal and cohesiveness when it comes to bread, which they were about to eat, therefore that same reclining also helps for wine. But reclining alone for wine, according to this opinion, would not help. Uh, would, you would always have to say a brocha on your own wine. Okay. Now, in the next case of the Mishnah, um, wine comes within the meal, right? Um, we said that if they have wine before the meal, then one person can make a brocha on behalf of everybody else. If, and that covers the wine for after, for the, sorry, not, um, and then, and that covers the wine for the end, for like dessert wine. But wine in the middle, each one has to say a brocha on their own. Uh, each one says a uh, brocha um, uh, on their own. Um, uh, the Gemara starts a brighter shalu et benzoma. They ask benzoma. amru. For what reason did they say ba'lehem yain betochamazon? Kol That when when uh, what's the reason that we say that when you bring one into the meal during the meal, each one says a brocha on their own. Not one person saying on behalf of everybody. Where it comes from after the meal, one person says the bracha for all of them. That doesn't make sense. Why, when they're sitting around eating, is that not considered structured enough and fixed enough for one person to say the bracha, whereas after the meal it is? So they, Ben Zoma said to them, Since the throat is not clear of food during the meal, um, meaning they're eating, and if they had to say amen to the brocha, um, then they could choke, or their mouth would be full of food, or they're so busy eating that they're not concentrating on other people's brochas. So, uh, true, there is a sense of kaviot, of, of formality and fixedness during the meal, even when it comes to wine. The problem is, is that you um, people can't answer, and that's why each person should say a brocha on their own. Now the final rule in the Mishnah, and, and the one who does the benching, he says the brocha over the spices, this like incense that was brought after the meal. Um, so the suggestion is, from the fact that the Mishnah teaches that he says 
This particular person who did the benching, he says the brocha on the incense. Mechlau de ika adif minai. It implies that there should have been somebody else who said it. Meaning, it's not a, if you. It's a, if there. It's obviously if he's the greatest person at the table, surely he should make the brocha. So about the Mishnah saying, even though he's not the greatest person, he still says uh, the brocha on the on the spices. Mechlau de ika adif minai. Um. Now, the Messiah Lel Rav, and this halacha is a support for Rav. The Amar Rav Chia Bar Ashi, Amar Rav Hanoito Yanav Techila Bachroina, the one who gives, who is given my machronim, which is what you do before you bench, and the one who gives the person who washes his hands first at the end of the meal. Who Mazuman Levracha? He is the one that is designated to say Bukhanamazan for everybody else. So basically, when you start off the mitzvahs of at the end of the meal, and there's basically three. The one is my machronim, so he got to do my machronim first. Then the second mitzvah is leading the benching. So he because he was first with the my machronim, he gets to uh, lead the benching. And thirdly, he gets to say the brocha over the mugmar, over these spices at the end. And the point is this, is that even though it was a mistake that this guy who wasn't the greatest person at the meal got to lead, or the greatest person at the meal gave him the honor to do my machronim first, even though that person wasn't the best, greatest person at the meal, Nevertheless, he's the one, since he got to start off with the mitzvahs, he gets to finish all the mitzvahs as well. Which in a sense shows you that getting the right to do mitzvahs trumps honor. And a related incident, quite an interesting uh, story here. Rav, Rabbi Chia, Rav and Rabbi Chia were sitting at a meal in the presence of Rebbe. Amalei Rabbi Lerav. Um, Rebbe said to Rav, Meshayadach. Go arise and go wash your hands, i.e. go do my machronim. Rav Chia, who was at the meal, he saw that Rav was agitated by Rebbe's uh, request because he thought that Rebbe was telling him, uh, you you dirty, so you need to wash your hands before you bench, or that the meal's gone on too long and it's time to end off. So it's like, you know, get going already. Um, uh, whereas what he meant was, no, he just meant to honor him with uh, doing my machronim so he could lead the menching. Amalei Rabbi Chia, so Rabbi Chia reassured Rav and said, Bar Pachte, son of nobles, meaning you're a great man, you're being honored here, you're not being insulted. Ein Bebirkat Mazoyne Kamerlach. Rabbi is actually telling you to go review the Birkat Amazon because that's what he's saying to you, you're about to do. So go wash your hands, do my machronim is just another way of saying, get ready because you're going to lead the benching. And you see from here that the person who does my machronim, even if you're not the greatest person at the meal, you get the honor of uh, leading the benching, benching, and according to the Mishnah, also of saying the brach of the incense. Um, um, okay, um, uh, so the Gomorrah continues. Now we're going to discuss quite a lengthy sugi on the, in this stuff, particularly on the brochas on smell. So, when do you say the brocha on fragrance of incense? Right, we just talked about mugmar, the spice. When do you say the brocha? Um, uh, so most of you, if I had to ask you, you would say when you smell it, uh, before you smell it. Now the problem is, is that 
There's nothing to hold on when it comes to a smell. So you burn this incense and the flame goes up and the smoke goes up, but you can't hold it. So um, um, normally you hold the thing in your hand and you say the brocha, but here you can't. So um, Rama Rabbi Zerah, Rama Rava Bar Yumiya, Mematum Avarachin Alareach Mishetale Timarto. From when the column of smoke rises. That's when you do it. So meaning when there's a already a smell emanating and you've already smelt it, then you say the brocha. So the Gomorrah doesn't understand. Amalai Rabbi Zerah Lerova Bar Yumiya. Rabbi Zerah said to Rova Bar Yumiya, Vaha Lo Ka Arach. But you haven't smelt anything yet. Um, uh, sorry, but how can you recite a blessing at that point when he had not, when he did not smell and derive any pleasure from the incense? Excuse me, sorry. Just to, uh, this is um, um, you, you. Um, hold on a sec. Um, yeah. So he argues with him, and he says, "How can you, um, how can you recite the bracha at that point?" Meaning, once the flames have uh, created the smoke, you haven't actually smelt anything yet, and you. So, you, what you should do is first smell it, and then get pleasure from it, and that's as if you're holding on to this, uh, this, uh, the the smoke, so to speak, and then you say the bracha. So, Rav Barimir responds, Amalei ulatamech. According to you, where you say you have to smell it before you say the bracha. According to you, you should only say, you should say the bracha v'amotzi v'haloachal, but you haven't yet eaten yet. So if you say, how can you say the bracha on the smell and you haven't smelt it yet, in brackets, you haven't held it yet, um, same thing with our food. If you um, say the bracha of, uh, of bread, you haven't eaten it yet. So he doesn't understand why you should smell it before you um you get the you say the brocha. So he says like this, Eladata the concept is is that even though you don't you're not holding on it to it now, but you have intention to eat it. And just as with Amotzi you have intention to eat it um, um by um sorry you have intention to eat it um and that's what your brocha is going on. Therefore uh you uh, you can say the brocha before you uh, smell the smoke, even though you're not holding on to it, because your intention is that you are going to enjoy, uh, you're going to take pleasure in it. Okay, so that's the discussion that even in a thing where you can't hold on to the thing you, you're getting benefit from, nevertheless, you say the brocha and then get benefit. It was said rather in the name of Rabbi Ziri, um, uh, so we're here on the page. Um, all mugmarot On all types of like wood that you 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 say you light and you say a brocha on, what brocha do you say? Borei besamim. Blessed are you, Hashem, who creates fragrant woods. Now the chiddush here is, is that you, you're not smelling the wood, you're smelling the burnt wood. Nevertheless, you say, Borei atzei besamim. Chutz mi musk shimin chayhu. Except for musk, which is actually made from an animal. 
Shemavarchin alav baraymenei besamim. There you say the generic bracha of who blesses, blesses Hashem, who creates species of fragrance because a musk comes from, it says either the excrement of the of the animal or the sweat of the animal, um, and therefore it doesn't come from wood, and therefore you say baraymenei besamim. Meitive, they raise an objection. You only say this brocha of bless you Hashem, who created the wood of spices in the house of Rebi. Of, of, you only say it on the broch on when you, a parsimon, which is a balsam wood, found in the house of Rebi, where you actually smell the wood and not the burnt uh smell of the wood the the incense the ala farsamon shabait kaisar or the balsam wood found in the house of kaisar of caesar because it was those were very rare to find in its actual form and only the kings and royalty had them and that's when you say the brook on the actual wood and on myrtle where you actually smell the the leaves then you say so you see from here that you actually don't just smell the fragrance of it, like when you the incense, but you actually have to say you only you in order to say bare atzei besamim, you actually have to smell the wood itself, um, and then in the Gemara ends tiyufta, and indeed it is a tiyufta. So if you want to say a brocha on atzei besamim, you need to actually smell the the woodish the wood or the stem itself. Okay, amalei rav chista rav Rav Chitza says, Rav Yitzhak, Ma'ai Mishcha Da'afar Samon, regarding balsam oil. Ma'ai Mavarchane Lovei, what blessing do we recite on it? Amar, so this is um, a type of oil, um, and it was smelled very beautiful. Amar lei, haki amar rav, yoda borei shemen artsainu. So this, this balsam oil especially came from Eretz Yisrael, in a place called Yericho, that's where the word name Reach, Yericho comes from. So, because it comes from Eretz Israel, you say, Bless you, Hashem, who created the oil of our land. You can't learn from Rav Yehuda because he loved Eretz Israel. So, he is tending to say the brocha, not only praising the smell, the, the, the thing you're smelling, but also the land. What about everyone else who doesn't focus, you know, who's not, uh, who, who's opinion and love of Eretz Yisrael doesn't uh, affect his halachic psak as much. Amalei, haki amar Rabbi Yochan, and this is what Rabbi Yochan says, borei shemen arev, you create pleasant oil. So because it's such a special oil and because it's made in Eretz Yisrael, therefore it gets its own special brocha, similar to borei priyagafen. So you create pleasant oil. That's what you say on balsam oil. Um, uh, now, when we say, you say, where the wood actually has to be there, but how present must the wood be? This costus, which is a type of uh, spice. You say, on it. But on oil, which the costus is immersed, we don't say the brocha of because you, you, you're smelling the oil that has been infused with the wood, but the wood is inside the oil, which is not present enough to say the brocha atzei besamim. Rav Amar, no, afidu mishcha kavisha. You do say the brocha atzei besamim, even if the costus is emerged, because it's present, it's actually there. 
even though you can't see it under the oil. But an oil which the costas is ground into, so you don't have the stick of this costas, but you've got it ground up, um, then you would uh, you would not say the brocha at say besamim on that because it's ground up. Nardoi Amri, the Nardons say, Afilu Mishka even if the, the this wood, the balsam wood is ground into the oil, it's considered um there enough to say Bere at say besamim. Okay, next Amud Mem Gimel Amud Bet. Amarav Gidel, Amarav, we continue in the halachas of saying brochas on smells. Rav Gidel said in the name of Rav, Hi, Simlak, this jasmine. You do say the brocha on who created wood, uh, fragrant woods. Amarav Hanano, Amarav, Hani Chilfei Diyama, this sparkanard, which I'm not sure what that is. It says in the notes that it's, uh, it's, um, it's like a, it's rosemary. So it's basically an evergreen um, plant. And the question is, is even though its, its stem isn't hard and woody, nevertheless, we would say, Borei Atzei Besamim. Why? Amarav Hanan Amarav, Hani Chilfa Diyama, Mavarchen Elayu Borei Atzei Besamim. And we bring a proof um, for why you say Borei Atzei Besamim, even though it's a soft stem, not a hard stem. Amar Mazutra, Maikra, there's a Pasuk, Vihelata Magana, uh, and she brought, uh, talking about Rachav, I think with the spars that went uh, to spar into the land of Israel, into Yericho, and Rachav hid them in the flax uh, stalks. And it says about there, And she brought them up into the garden, and she hid them in the, in the flax, in the stems of the flax. Now that is called eights. Even though flax stems are soft, um, they still called by the Tanakh eight, and that's why even if you've got something that's got a soft stem, you still say Borei Atzei Besamim. Rav Amar Hai Narkom. This Narkom, um, Narkom is a rose. The Ginotin, the Ginotnita, roses that are in the garden, Mavarchen Elove Borei Atzei Besamim. You say the Brocha on who creates fragrant woods. The Davra Borei Ivsei Besamim. But when it comes to uh, when wild roses, which I think have a soft um, stem, um, uh, then you would say, Borei uh, Isvei. Bless you Hashem who created the fragrant herbage. So the difference is, yeah, the difference is in their, their, their hardness or softness of their stems. Um, but, but a stalk of something would get, would, is considered atzei. Amar of Shaysheh's honey sigali, these violets. We say over them, bless you, Hashem, who creates fragrant herbage. Amar Marzutra, hai maidu morach be'etroiga oi be'chavusha. One who smells an etrog or a quince, which are made to be eaten, they planted to be eaten, like these are types of fruit. Oime baruch shenatin rechtoi be'peirot. The broch you say on, on nice smelling fruit is the one, who, bless you, Hashem, who gave a nice smell in fruit. Now we're going to learn a, a, a quick digression regarding another famous brocha, and that is on blossoms, new, new blossoms of the season. Amarav Yehuda, anyone who goes out during the months of Nisan, it doesn't have to be Nisan, it, it's just when new blo blossoms of, on the trees, on the bushes are coming out. 
It's just normally Nisan, which is in the month we're in now. V'chazi ilone deka, and that's in the northern hemisphere, by the way. V'chazi ilone deka malavlave, and you see fruit trees in bloom. Ome baruch sheloch isar ba'olamo klum. This is called Birkat ilanot. Um, you say, bless you Hashem, who, uh, who, didn't en- who didn't leave out anything of the world. Um, who didn't leave anything lacking in the universe, Ubara by Bria's toy voice, and who uh, created um, good creations. So um, that's the Brocha Birkat Ilanot, Ubara by Bria Tovot, the Ilanot Tovot and good trees, let's note Bahem Ben Adam for us to enjoy them. Okay. Amarav Zutra Bar Tuvia Amarav Minan Shemavarchin Arach. How do we know that from the Torah? Or a rabbinical, a rabbinic source to say a bracha over fragrance. That let every soul praise God. How? What is mimenu? What is the the something that the soul enjoys? But uh, the body doesn't enjoy it as much. This is zeharach. So when this is smell, because. It's not tangible. There's a smell. Is it's in, you don't hold it. Therefore, the soul, so to speak, is what enjoys it. Whereas, um, whereas when it comes to uh, food that you actually um, eat, and the body enjoys it. Whereas the soul, which is like an almost ephemeral enjoyment, that comes from uh, smelling of fa- fragrances. And uh, and that's the pasuk says, "Kolan neshamat," that your whole soul will praise you. Because that is what's getting enjoyment. So that's not a Torah proof for it. It's just a, a hint that uh, you must say brochas are nice smelling things. Va'ama. Now we're going to say other statements of Rav uh, reported by Rav Zutra Batuvia, which are not necessarily connected to the Gemara we're talking about. Amvamara Rav Zutra Batuvia. Marav atidim b'chore Yisrael shidnu rach toiv kelevanon. The young men of Israel will in the future emit a fragrance like the Lebanon forest. So in the future, young men of Israel will smell nice. His young shall go forth, and his beauty shall be like the olive tree, and his aroma like the Lebanon. Okay, other statements of Rav that are reported by Rav Zutra Batuvia. Rav Zutra Batuvia Amarav. My was the Pasumin etakol asaya febeito. That he made everything beautiful in its time. It's, this teaches us that Hashem made everyone's craft, their umnato, beautiful in front of them. Meaning like this, that um, in order for everything need that everything that's needed to be done to get done, for example, garbage collectors. Or people that really you would think don't enjoy their job and they're very hard jobs. But Hashem made it, even from when they were young, that they were almost designated to have a certain job and they would find meaning and enjoyment in that job so that they would do it. And not only that, it's that they would they don't see other people's jobs as actually attractive. So which I actually you know, that's quite hard, but but Hashem made this miraculous thing, so all the jobs that need to be done get done. And this is a, a, a phenomenon where it says, Amara Papa, Hainu da Amri Inshi, this is what people say, Talai Lai Koira Le Dovar Acher, hang a palm shoot on the neck of a Davar Acher. 
something else which refers to a pig, put a palm shoot on the neck of a pig for him to eat in cleanliness, meaning he, he's got a nice clean food there, what will he do with it? But he will do on his own, meaning he will roll around in the muck um, because he, he loves being dirty. It's the same thing with people. Even though you think, you look at them and you think, how could you enjoy that work? Nevertheless, Hashem miraculously made them enjoy that work so that it would get done. Okay, uh, another statement of Rav Zutra, of Rav Zutra Bartuvia in the name of Rav. Bama Rav Zutra Bartuvia Marav. Avuka Kishnaim. There's a there's a halacha of that you, you mustn't go out into at night when they're demons. But it because you mustn't go out alone. But it says Avuka Kishnaim, a torch, when you carry a torch, it's like there's two people. And at this point in the Gemara it could be you and the torch are like two people. And then it's fine. You're not going out alone. Um Kishlosha. And when the moon is shining on you, it's as if there's three people. So that's even better. Iboilu, they asked, Avuka Kishnaim Badi today. This where we say the flame, this torch is like two. Is that two with him, with the one guy? So now it's him and the torch, which equals two. Or Dilma Avuka Kishnaim, the flame is like two people. Levarmi today, even excluding him. So therefore it's like there's three people walking out. Uh, 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 so the Gemara says, Tashma, come and learn a proof. It says that the moon is like three. Now, if the moon is like three, does that mean the moon is like three and you are one? So it's really like going out at four. If you say that what Rav means is together with him, then uh, there are then there's three. There's you and the moon, and that equals three. But if you say there's three besides him, why do I need four people to go out in the dark and to get to not be affected by the demons? Didn't Mar say, To one person a demon appears and does harm. So if you go out alone without a torch, the demon appears to you and it can harm you. To two people, you can see it appears to you these two people, but it doesn't damage the two. The Shlosha and Onire Kolikar, but where you got to three, there's no damage at all. But so what do you need four people for? Meaning the moon and three others. It must mean that just as the, the moon is like three, meaning it's you and two other people, so the moon is like two people, with a, with a, a Vuka, a torch, it's like you and somebody, it's you and the torch is someone else. It's not the torch is two plus you. It's you and the torch are like two people. Gemara concludes, Shmamina. Okay. Another seminar of Rav Rupun Marav Zutra. Vama Rav Zutra Bar Tuvia Amarav Va Amrila Amarav Khana Bar Bizna Amar Rebi Shimon Chasida Va Amrila and even another version of who said it Amar Rebi Yochamishum Rebi Shimon Ben Yochai it's better for a person to fall into a fiery furnace and not to embarrass his friend in public. Where do we learn this from? Minalan, um, from Tamar, who was uh, Yehuda's daughter-in-law. Uh, and remember, he, he slept with her. She thought he, he thought she was a prostitute and he slept with her. And... Uh, she became pregnant and he said that she should be killed. She didn't realize 
he didn't realize it was her, her his babies and he even though she could have said to him it's me who you slept with she didn't do that she was willing to be executed rather than embarrass him he said she was taken out to be executed and she sent her father-in-law Yehuda the the gifts the pledges that he had given to her um, and in that way indirectly saying that um, you are the father of these children okay now um, Tanurabanan, we go back slightly into the brochas. Tanurabanan and the rabbis taught us, if they brought before him fragrant oil and myrtle. So now you've got two brochas to say. You've got on the oil and you've got on the myrtle branches. First, take the brocha on the oil and then you do it on the myrtle and we'll see why. Ubaid Hilo Omrim Bait Hill says, Mavarach al-Hadas. First, you make a brocha on the Hadas, which is tangible and real, and you having uh, benefit directly from this wood, um, from the branch, Vadas, Vachach, Mavarach al-Hashemen, and then you make the brocha over the oil. Um, and the, the reason why the, the myrtle uh, trumps the oil is because it's enjoyed in its original state, whereas the oil is enjoyed in its process state. Amaraban Gamli or Rabban says, I will decide who the halocha is like. Is it like Beit Shammai or Beit Hillel? You should say the brocha first on the oil because there's two benefits. The one is the smell and the other one is to anoint yourself on it. Whereas the myrtle, we only smell it, but we don't rub it on ourselves. Therefore, the, the halocha is like Beit Shammai that you say the brocha on the oil first and then the myrtle. I'm Rabbi Yochanan. Halacha ketiv Ramachriya. Rabbi Yochanan says the halacha is like Raman Gamliel. Rav Papa ikla lebei Rav Huna bereid Rav Ika. Rav Papa visited the house of Rav Huna, the son of Rav Ika. Aitu lekamayu shemen vadas. They brought before him oil and myrtle. Shakal Rav Papa bereich ahadas bereisha. Rav Papa took and recited the blessing of the myrtle first. Vahada berich Hashemen, and then he made the brocha. On the oil, like Beit Hillel. Va'amarlei, and Rav Huna, the son of Rav Ika, said to him, Lo mar Don't you hold it, the halacha is like Rabban Gamliel, that it should be the halacha is like um, uh, Beit Shammai. Amarlei, hachi amarova halacha ke Beit Hillel. Rovet said to me, the halacha is like Beit Hillel, and that's who I go like. But the Gemara fascinating ends here. It says here, Velohi, but that's not what actually Rova said. Rova never said it. Madly, Rav Papa actually is almost lying here as that as if Rova said it so that he wouldn't be Lashtamuti Nafshehu David. He did it in order to extricate himself from embarrassment because he made a mistake and he blamed Rova that Rova told him elsewhere. But actually, the Gemara says Rova didn't tell him that. Now, uh, there's, I didn't see an answer to this, but it's, it's, a, it's astounding that, uh, r- r- that Rav Papa would lie in order and say the halacha that was said to him by, in the name of somebody else. And he actually didn't say that in order to protect his embarrassment. There are Mepharshim that explain it, but there's also a girsa, a version which doesn't have this um, last part. And it just says that basically Rav Papa held like Beit Hillel. Um, and that was it. Okay, so we have to stop here, um, uh, um, and please God, uh, we'll continue next week and do and f- also keep going quite quickly 
to finish a daf a week. Have a great night.